global business news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Radio Plus mobile app, and on your radio. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. From Bloomberg World Headquarters, I'm Catherine Cottery. We check the markets every 15 minutes throughout the trading day. Let's go over to the first word breaking news desk for today's afternoon call with Bill Maloney. Bill? And Currently we- lower by 103 points. SBs drop 16, and NASDAQ is lower by 41. Small cap 600 drops 6 points, and the U.S. 10 yield falls to 1.82%. Nine out of 10 SB sectors are lower, led by losses in healthcare, technology, and the materials. Small gains in consumer discretionary. Dow transports are down 120 points. NASDAQ Biotech's declined 81, and the VIX is higher by 10%. Dow leaders to the downside included Walmart, Intel, and Cisco. Home Depot and Nike led to the upside. Stericycle, Seagate, and Western Digital all plunged following their earnings, while Monster Beverage gained as much as 14% after its results. Live from the first breaking news desk, I'm Bo Maloney. Catherine. Thank you, Bill. And to hear live breaking news over your Bloomberg, type S-Q-U-A-K on your terminal. Oil fell from a five-month high as an increase in OPEC crude production has seen swelling global stockpiles. West Texas Intermediate Crude Oil currently up six cents a barrel, trading at 46.08. Spot Gold is up $28.30 a ounce at 1294.70. And the 10-year Treasury up 2.30 seconds with a yield of 1.81%. And that's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Bloomberg taking stock. The Lux Life. Stocks, bonds, objects of art, real estate. I've got houses in L.A., Paris, and Vail. It's good to be king. You be living in a lap of luxury. They got the finest chefs around waiting for you to place your order. You must be rich. Oh, honey, he's teasing you. Nobody has two televisions set. Bloomberg taking stock. The Lux Life on Bloomberg Radio. Well, you may have more than two television sets. Perhaps you have a wine cellar or even a bottle of wine or a bottle of Screaming Eagle, quite expensive wine. Or perhaps you were putting down hundreds of thousands of dollars for a 1787 Lafitte owned once upon a time by former President Thomas Jefferson. What do you do? Do you take the cork out and suffer the consequences? Not according to my next guest. Greg Lambrecht is the founder and the chairman of Corvin. They're based in Boston, and he joins us here in the studio. Greg, thanks very much for coming in. My absolute pleasure. Now, you have a device that you have carried with you, and I'm not sure whether you're going to do surgery with this device or whether it is connected to wine. I have a feeling that the latter is more appropriate. Explain how the two might even go together in your case. Sure. So this is a whole lot less painful than surgery, but I do work in medicine, and actually that's where the idea of Coravin came from. In medicine, we take a needle and we go in and out of medicine bottles all the time. It's no big deal. Uh, but in in my home life, I was finding that I was drinking wine, but uh, not necessarily finishing the bottle. And in particular, uh, when my wife became pregnant, she stopped drinking completely, so now I had nobody to share my wine with. So what I was looking for was a way that I could drink a glass of wine from any bottle that I owned without having to think about when I was going to drink it again. So I came up with uh, the Coravin. It's essentially a small handheld system that allows you to pass a needle through the cork. Uh, you press a trigger, and we inject an inert gas into the bottle. That gas pushes the wine out. You can pour as much or as little as you like. And when you remove the needle from the bottle, the cork is elastic. It reseals. And you can drink it again next week, next month, next year. Well, so, uh, of course, as uh, many of us know, uh, 
bottle opens, good bottle. Sometimes it's hard to, to want to stop drinking it. But but I think it's absolutely clear that there are, are many times like that when someone might have a great bottle of wine, and they, they're not going to drink the whole bottle at once. So this is a great device. Let's start with the price. How much is going to cost me to be able to open a lovely bottle of wine and not worry about it not being just as lovely when I go back in a day or two for another glass? I think of it as more of an investment. You buy Coravin once, and you can use it over and over again. So it's uh, we have two different models. The original model that we launched, Model 8, is $299. And then we just launched Model 2 Elite, uh, much more for the home use, uh, that is $349. How did you do it? Tell us some, uh, really some of the steps, because, I mean, this is a, a, a piece of highly machined uh, metal. And I'm wondering, how did you put together the financing, and how long has it taken you to get it to this point? So um, I'm actually an entrepreneur by training. So I work in medicine. I've started a number of different medical device companies. I'm also an inventor, and I've been focusing on unmet medical needs since I was 23 years old, so 23 years ago. Um, Coravin really came out of my own need. Basically, the invention was um, to solve my own problem, which was I wanted a great glass of wine every night of the week. And I actually wanted restaurants to be able to serve better glasses of wine to me than they were serving uh, because they were worried that the, they would have wastage. So I came up with the idea a long time ago, 1999. And of course, I was running my other medical device companies. So it was a, sort of a pet project for me at home. Uh, I developed it over the course of a period of about eight years uh, where I was testing different gases, different needles, different wines, different vintages to see what what combination was perfect and would preserve the wine perfectly so I could drink it five years later and it wouldn't be changed. I had enough friends that saw it in my home that wanted one where I started to make a few a week and I realized that this wasn't just my problem. This, other people had the same problem, so I could I could turn this into a company. Uh, but uh, So I knew how to raise money from my, my uh, medical device businesses. Uh, but I knew that I was not a consumer products guy. Uh, I'd never really had any experience in the field. So when I started the company in 2011, I was very fortunate to be able to bring on a CEO who was really a true expert in consumer products. And actually, that was Nick Lazaris, who had built Keurig uh, from the ground up. Uh, Nick, uh, together with some money that I was able to raise, was able to make Corvin a reality. Companies are only as good as the people that you bring in. Uh, Nick was spectacular. I brought him out of retirement. Uh, he said he wanted to change. He changed the way people drank coffee. He wants to change the way people that drink wine. Uh, so I thought it was really a perfect combination. And I've just recently, Nick went back into retirement, brought on Fred Levy, who ran Nespresso. Uh, so a really spectacular team of people up at Corbin made this a very real thing. Quick final question. You are a doctor who's an inventor, an entrepreneur. Give us a word of advice to anybody who's, I've got a great idea. I want to do what he's done. You know, um, the biggest piece of advice is people. Uh, people with the experience and know-how to do what it is that you want to do. Uh, there's often a desire amongst inventors to do it entirely on their own, and it's to maintain ownership. And frequently that stops them from actually getting it to happen. Uh, you want to bring on great investors uh, great employees, great CEOs, a great team to make it real. And focus on those things that really address an unmet need. That's the biggest opportunity. Greg Lambert, thank you so very much. I want to get one. <laughs> I really do. Founder and chairman of Corvin. You can check him out online. Open the best bottle of wine on the shelf, and you can still drink more tomorrow or the next day. This is Taking Stock on Bloomberg Radio. Coming up on Taking Stock after 10 years running the world's biggest publicly traded oil company, ExxonMobil Chief Executive Rex Tillerson 
That's some bad news for shareholders. We've got details coming up.